Let's bow together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the choir reminding us today of your great love for us. Hallelujah, we are not alone. God really loves us. Praise the Lord. We thank you for sending the Lord Jesus Christ. Light of the world, Lord Jesus, eternal word. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. We glorify you and honor you today. We come before you. The table is here before us. <clears throat> you invite us to come and eat. You invite us to come and have fellowship with you. So we come today, Lord, with our burdens and our needs. And oh, how we're warmed in our hearts because we have come to know and believe the love of God, which you have for us in Jesus Christ. The love of God carries us through it all. May we be reminded today, Lord, as we see this table before us of the eternal permanent love of God for us and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ for sinners. Now, Lord, we ask that you would help us now as we look at the word of God together and as we consider and think about the Lord Jesus Christ, the light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. We thank you, Lord, that we have the chance to honor you, to worship you, to serve you, to follow you. That is our ambition and that is our desire as a church. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit among us. We thank you for what we now hear from your word. And we thank you for this part of your word that we'll look at today. May you speak to the hearts of every person who's here. And may we all find what it is that you want to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, again, good morning. Good morning to all of you. I'm Pastor Mike. If you are a guest we're delighted to have you today. Find in your Bible, find in your Bible, Luke chapter number two. Find in your Bible, Luke chapter number two. Matthew, Mark, Luke, the third Bible in uh, the third book in your Bible in the New Testament, the third gospel. These words of Luke. And if you've been with us during these days, we're coming toward Advent. We're coming toward the coming. We're celebrating over the next weeks the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've seen some things together already. I want to begin while you're finding your place, Luke chapter 2. Uh, I've been asking all of us each week, what are you looking for and whom are you looking to? Who, who are you looking to today in your life? Who are you looking to for your security? Who are you looking to for your assurance? Who are you looking to today for your confidence, uh, for your provider? Who are you looking to? Well, I've been calling us to do, as Brother Scott mentioned, look to Jesus. That's what we find all through the Gospels as we discover people who look to Jesus Christ and found the answer to life. They look to Jesus Christ, though you and I do not see him with our eyes. We must by faith hear what the Word of God says about the Lord Jesus. And as we do, the Holy Spirit of God opens our minds and we see with our minds. We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we're saved. And many in this room have done just like I have. You have looked to Jesus. And so today we come to this very wonderful place in Luke chapter 2 where we find a man named Simeon. Uh, a man who was faithful to God, but was waiting to see the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And he has the privilege of doing it. And from Simeon, we learn something about looking to Jesus. 
A few weeks ago, we mentioned John the Baptist. What did he say to his disciples? Behold, he said, look, as Jesus walked by, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You must look to Jesus. He is the one who takes away the sins of the world. We saw last week here, uh, just in some earlier words in the Bible here in Luke, we saw that the shepherds heard an announcement from the angels. And they discovered that in the city of David, there was born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's uh, chapter 2, verse number 11. And there you will see a sign, a, woman, a baby is wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, verse 12. And so they said in verse 15, let us go and see, let us go and see this thing. And they came and they saw the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have it described. We don't know what it is that came over them. I believe it was the Holy Spirit of God revealing to them, this baby is the promised Savior of the world. And we read in Luke chapter 2, verse 20, the shepherds left that manger. They went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had, listen, heard and seen. When you have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, and when you have seen the power of God in your life and in the lives of others, you will praise God and glorify Him. It won't be a matter of stirring you up. You will do it. You'll break into praise. You'll break into glory. And you'll thank God every day of your life for salvation. Well, now we come uh, in verse number 21. When eight days had passed before His circumcision... His name was then called Jesus, Yeshua, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they, that is mother and father, Mary and Joseph, brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what was in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now we come to our focus today. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout looking for the consolation of Israel, that is for the promised Messiah, for the Messiah to come. He's Waiting. He's looking. He's anticipating. He's believing that the Messiah is coming. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, verse 25, verse 26. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 27. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law. Then he, that is Simeon, took, that is him, Jesus, into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes, he's looking to Jesus. Baby Jesus in his arms. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples, 
a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word as we honor the light, the revelation of the light of the Gentiles and the glory of Israel, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our focus today is this, that Jesus Christ is Savior, the light of the world. Oh, in this room, many of you have heard this your whole life. And though you've heard it your whole life, the reality is that you are saved today because Jesus Christ is the light of the world. So we're going to discover and think about light and darkness, light and darkness. So I have these three observations for you today. Two are from Luke chapter two, and then I'm going to ask you to uh, go in your Bibles to Matthew for a moment and look at the third observation. Number one, Spirit-filled Simeon praises God when he looks on Jesus at his dedication in the temple. This Spirit-filled man, what does he do? The Holy Spirit leads him to Jesus. He sees Jesus, and then he praises God. Secondly, Spirit-filled Simeon prophesied. He proclaimed. He preached. He preached. He declared it in the temple. For all to hear, he proclaims that Jesus Christ is the light to the nations. Gentile, ethnos is the word. It means the nations, the nations. He is a light of revelation to the ethnos, to the ethnics, to the nations. And then we'll discover, uh, as I ask you to turn now to Matthew chapter number four, <clears throat> keep your finger in Luke two, we'll come back. But in Matthew chapter 4, when the Lord Jesus is uh, settling in to begin his ministry, he settles in Galilee. Galilee was that town which was the furthest north in, uh, in Israel, and it was right on the border with the Gentile world. What an interesting place for the Lord Jesus to set up his headquarters, his place where he worked. Right on the border, Messiah now settles in Galilee beyond the Jordan. Wait a minute, the Gentiles are there and the Jews are south. What do we read? Well, Matthew chapter 4, we read beginning in verse number 12. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been taken into custody, John the Baptist, he withdrew into Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he came and settled uh, in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. <clears throat> this was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light. And those who were sitting in the land they saw a light dawn upon them. So we'll talk about in the third place here for a moment, Jesus Christ is God's light in the world today, living among those who live in the darkness of their sinfulness. We must think about him as the revelation of, he is the revelation of light to the Gentiles, to the nations, but he is also the light to those who sit in the sinfulness of darkness. 
So we want to think about these three things for just a moment as we prepare for coming to the table of the Lord. First of all, this man Simeon. Let's go back here. We see what a humbling thing we see now. That this one, Jesus Christ, what does Paul say? Born of woman. What did Luke say? Born of the Holy Spirit. And what did Paul say again? Under, born under the law. Born as a Jew. Here we see this nine day old, you, you mothers who are here, you remember when your children, nine days old, you remember it? You remember it? Nine days old. You remember you fathers, nine days old. Your grandchildren, nine days old. Not a lot a nine-day-old child can do. Not a lot that a nine-year-old, a, ch- a nine-day-old child can accomplish for themselves. And when it was time, when the eight days had passed, twenty-one, chapter two, verse twenty-one, for his circumcision, and his name was then called Jesus. And in twenty-two, the days of the purification for Mary were now fulfilled, according to the law of God. And they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Please notice in your Bible, verse 22, they brought him. The Lord Jesus Christ, as a nine-day-year-old baby, had to be carried everywhere. Had to be fed. Had to be cared for. Had to be changed. Had to be watched. Had to be nourished. Had to be, they brought him. I'm reminded of those wonderful words of the old preacher, Bishop Hall. He said of the Lord Jesus Christ that he was, though he was above the law, he came under the law in order that he might free us from the law. We sing to him, freed from the law, happy condition. Jesus has died and there is remission. Here we see the Lord Jesus Christ absolutely helpless. The one who is the Son of God, the eternal Word of God, who now, this one, God-man, the one the shepherds saw, the God-man, born of, of the Holy Spirit, born of a woman, now he is carried to uh, the temple for his time of dedication. As you read in verse 23, The law says every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. You bring them and you bring your sacrifice. And you bring your sacrifice, verse 24, a pair of turtle doves or a young pigeon or two young pigeons. This poor family, Mary and Joseph, bringing along, whether it was their turtle doves or their pigeons, here they are with the Lord Jesus Christ, nine days old with the turtle doves, or the pigeons to offer their sacrifice. How we thank God, how we thank God that in his earliest of days, in the earliest of his life, his mother and father fulfilled the law of God and kept him under the law of God completely from his earliest days. But Simeon, now there is this spirit-filled man in the temple. Not everybody who was at the temple that day, I would submit to you, was spirit-filled. But this man had been going, as we we read the indication here, this man had been going to the temple for some time. And he had been going and he was, as we read in these uh, words, he was a righteous man. Not perfect, but he was a righteous man seeking to follow the law of God. He was a devoted man to the law of God and to speaking with God and to worship. 
as he would go to the temple and he was looking, he was waiting for the Messiah. He was waiting for the Messiah and the Holy Spirit of God was on him. What a beautiful picture for all of us who are believers in Christ. I say to you every week as I end the sermon, time with you, my little talk to you, the Lord is near to the door. Are you waiting today? You who are believers in Christ, spirit-filled believers are waiting, anticipating the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. But Simeon, he is waiting for the consolation of Israel. He is waiting filled with the Holy Spirit, waiting for the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know to be the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, he goes on, verse 27. He's in the Spirit. By the way, the Holy Spirit, verse 26, has said to him, he has a relationship with God. And the Holy Spirit reveals things to him. As many as are led by the Spirit, these are the children of God. That's what Paul says in Romans 8. If you're a believer here in Christ, I've spoken to you about this before. One of the marks of assurance is that the Holy Spirit of God is in you and the Holy Spirit of God leads you and guides you and fills you and reveals to you Jesus Christ and puts the perfect love of God in you. That is blessed assurance. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And here we see Simeon. He is, it's revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he will, as you see it there in your Bible, he will not die before he sees the Lord's Messiah. Well, he comes to the temple in the Spirit. I hope you came to church in the Spirit today. Not in anger, not in bitterness, not in worry, not in trouble, not in fear, not in hate, not in aggravation. I hope you came in the Spirit to worship here today. Well, Simeon is in the Spirit as he comes into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus, wait a minute, the Holy Spirit all of a sudden says, that's the one. There's the one. How many days, how many times, how long, how many years had Simeon come to that place waiting and the Holy Spirit was assuring him, but the day of day, days came in his life. He never heard the angel announcements, I remind you. He never heard the angels singing over the manger. He did not accompany the shepherds to the manger. He did not see the baby in the manger. He did not see the star that led the magi to that place where the Lord Jesus was. He sees, this is important, he sees Jesus Christ, this child, this baby child. He sees that this is the Messiah this is the promised one. And he sees Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he confesses him as Savior by the power of the Spirit. What does he say? He blesses God and he, he declares to God and to all who could hear him in the temple, My eyes have seen your salvation. Have your eyes seen salvation? Have you seen salvation in Jesus Christ? You know, a lot of us talk about the things we've seen. 
We're amazed by beautiful places we go. We're amazed by the things we see uh, athletes and musicians and other talented people do. We see these things and we're amazed by them. But I ask you today, have you been amazed? Have you, do you stand amazed about the Lord Jesus Christ, the God-man, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Lord of all, as I've mentioned to you time and time again? Well, the only way is for the Holy Spirit to help you. You see, lots of people hear about Jesus Christ. Lots of people go to school and study about Jesus Christ. Lots of people have their opinions and philosophies about the teachings of Jesus Christ. But the difference is when we all met the Lord Jesus Christ, when we heard of him, when someone shared the gospel with us, something happened and we saw Jesus Christ without ever having seen him with our eyes. What did Peter say? Though you have never seen Him, you love Him. Though you've never seen Him, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's the description of every one of us who are believers in this room. We have looked to Jesus and we have been saved. You see, He is, how is He then? He goes on to say, I have seen the salvation of the Lord. I have seen this salvation and because of that, the Holy Spirit now says... You can go your way and die in peace. You have seen salvation in the Lord Jesus. Well, then what does he say? He goes on and preaches. He prophesies. I mentioned to the early church, uh, the early group this morning in church. Uh, the the, the uh, priests weren't up here standing and declaring this. The priests missed it again. The high priest certainly didn't come up and do, they all went through their routine. Just another baby, just another Jewish boy going through the tradition. Just another Jewish boy standing in the line. Just another Jewish boy with mom and dad bringing their turtle doves or their pigeons. Just another Jewish boy. But wait a minute, this spirit-filled Simeon sees that this is the Lord and he breaks out and says, I've seen salvation with my own eyes that is baby Jesus, and then he declares a light of revelation to the Gentiles. The word Gentile is the word ethnos. It is the word for ethnics, for the nations. He is a light of revelation to the Gentiles, and he is the glory of Israel. The great, oh, this, this is not what Israel would want to hear. The the Jews of the Lord Jesus' time rejected him, but he is the glory of Israel, and he always will be. And one day, those things will be settled between what God has promised to Israel with the Lord Jesus Christ. But for now, he is a light of revelation to the Gentiles. Let's talk about light and revelation. So it, I, I don't know if you know this. I thought I'd mention it. Have you noticed that it really gets dark early now? Have you noticed that? It's like at 3 o'clock, it'll be dark. I've lived lots of places in my life in the United States, but I, I just, I've, I've never gotten used to being so, so dark so early in a place as here. I'm not griping about it. I'm just saying I've never gotten used to it. But you know, when I'm in the dark, I have to turn on the light. If I don't turn on the light, I might fall. If I don't turn on the light, I don't really know where I'm at. And did you ever notice this, that where we live out here in Dixon, it really gets dark where you live. It's really dark around. If you go out outside the city lights, it's really dark. 
And so a light reveals things. And what does the Lord Jesus Christ do? He reveals things. And what we have here is we have Simeon declaring this, that Jesus Christ is the light that reveals the glory of God. Jesus Christ is the light that reveals the truth of God. Jesus Christ is the light that reveals the darkness of sinfulness in the world. Jesus Christ is the light who attracts sinners to come out of the darkness and come into the light of being saved. Jesus Christ is the light in the world, the light to the Gentiles, to the nations, because He gives life to sinners in the world. Why, it's, it's good for us to send our people on missions. When they go on missions, they see our, our men who've just been recently uh, there into Southeast Asia, our people who've just been to Cuba. What's an amazing thing. When Jesus Christ is preached, when Jesus Christ is shared, guess what? People see the light. They come out of their darkness of their sinfulness and they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Some people don't like the light, but many people who are sitting in the dark go to the light. They go to the light. So Simeon is this one who now declares that Jesus Christ is the light of revelation. I wonder today, have you seen the glory of God in the Lord Jesus Christ? The only way is to read what he has said. Everything the Lord Jesus had to say was about the glory of God and showing us this unseen God. Do you see him in his truthfulness? You see, if you want to know the truth today, you must meet the one who is the truth, the Lord Jesus Christ, light and truth, light and glory. He reveals the truth of God, but oh, the darkness, the darkness that is around us. I think of Simeon as he preached about Jesus Christ as the light of the world. And I think about the story of the man who was sitting in a business waiting. Uh, they were waiting for their cars to be repaired. I don't believe there's any place that's more dull than sitting where you're waiting for your car to be repaired because you know the bill is going to be higher than what you thought it was when you went in there. The man, this young man, this young man was a bitter man. He didn't love God. He hated God. In fact, his family was religious. They were Christians and he despised what they lived for. He did not want to hear about the Bible. He did not want to hear about the things of God. He was happy living in his self-absorbed, wicked, godless life. Well, he's miserable. He's miserable and he's aggravated that he's in this repair shop. And there he sits and there's a dear woman, a dear older lady sitting there across from him. And I guess that as time went by, he just got so aggravated uh, about everything. He finally looked over at her and he said, woman, why are you so happy? Why are you so happy? Now, this is a lesson to all of us in here, how she responded. She said, young man, I am happy because I know Jesus Christ. And then she said, young man, you need to look to Jesus and be saved. Well, he couldn't shake that. He couldn't get over it. He, he, he went about his way in his aggravation and his self-absorption and all of his busyness, trying to fulfill himself with all these different, trying every kind of lust, trying every kind of passion, trying to find a way to be satisfied. Could never get satisfied. And how happy that woman was. She seemed so happy and settled and satisfied because 
She knew Jesus Christ. Oh, he did not want to hear that. But you know, the Holy Spirit started stirring and working in his life. And as time went by, in his misery, in his misery, I say in his sinful, in the darkness of his sinfulness, all of a sudden, faintly, he started to see the light in Jesus Christ. He came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about a preacher here. I'm just talking about a common everyday man. He came to know the Lord. He was saved. And guess what? He could not stop preaching. In fact, he was annoying to people. Here he comes, they would say at work. Can you not put him on another shift? I don't want to hear about Jesus again. They would move him from shift to shift. They would move him. His family was so happy. But there were others in the family who said, Oh no, don't invite him to the chicken dinner. We don't want to hear about Jesus again today. He was always talking about Jesus. He was glorifying Jesus. You know why? Because he had lived in the darkness of sinfulness. And he came to the light of revelation in Jesus Christ. I'm describing a normal Christian who was saved. Have you come out of the darkness and are you living in the light of in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you experienced the revelation of his light? He showed you your sinfulness? Look, there are a lot of double agents around us. They say they're a Christian, but actually they've got a secret dark world and a secret dark life. Now nobody knows about it, they think. And they do their own little deeds. They may not do it in Dixon County. They might have to travel somewhere else to do it. They might go to Nashville or somewhere else. They've got their own little dark life. They've got their own little secret darkness. Friends, you cannot live in the dark and in the light. You're either in the dark or you're in the light. Which brings me to Matthew 4. Quickly, look at the condition that is described of these people. They were sitting in darkness. They were sitting. They weren't standing. They weren't walking. They weren't running. They were sitting. They were immobilized. They were sitting in darkness. They were sitting in darkness. The people, oh my dear friends, I'm pausing here to say, the reason why it is such a glory that Jesus Christ is the revelation of God, the revelation of God to the Gentiles is because He lights up the darkness so that we might see our way out of it. People in the world sit in the darkness of sinfulness. I don't care where you go in the world. I don't care where you travel across the globe. People are trapped. They are caught. They are living in the darkness of sinfulness. And I'm using my words carefully. The darkness, there is a darkness in sinfulness. There is a darkness in living in sin. We hear these words often. Men love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. For everyone who is in the dark hates the light. And does not come to the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Paul describes in various places uh, the, the behavior of people in the dark. Those who are living in the darkness of sinfulness. He says in uh, Romans 13, for example, he says we are to behave ourselves as children of the light. Not to behave ourselves as we used to as children in the dark. Listen, those in the dark carouse. 
those in the dark, I don't, just go on your devices. Just look at all your devices. Look at your device. Surely you've not let your children loose to see all that they can see on the devices into that false world of the internet. Surely you've not. Surely you've not. It is a, the world of darkness and sinfulness is carousing. It is drunkenness. I say it to you again, standing in front of you. I've never seen one good thing about alcohol. Not one good thing. One drink leads to drunkenness. You better remember it. One drink leads to catastrophe in life. Drunkenness, carousing, drunkenness, and all that goes with it. Sexual promiscuity, sensuality, strife, jealousy, pride. He goes on. That is the, that is the darkness of sinfulness and people without Christ, my friends, are sitting in it. They're living in it. They don't, they don't know there's anything else. No one has shared with them the gospel. We've had examples of some of our own teenagers in this church who have been gloriously saved. And you know what their testimony to Brother Tim was? I've never even heard about Jesus. And they lived in Dixon County. They're sitting in the darkness. They sit in the darkness in the ignorance of their sinfulness. They sit in the darkness in the wickedness of their sinfulness. They sit in the darkness in the disobedience of their sinfulness. They sit in the darkness in the ungodliness of their sinfulness. But there's something else I can't finish without reading this to you. Here's the sadness. Not only do they sit in darkness, Matthew 4, this is quoted from, this is quoting from Isaiah 9, but they also sit, they sit in the land of the shadow of death. And I tell you this today, you may, you must hear what the word of God says. You see the people of the world who are sitting in the darkness of sinfulness are also sitting in in the fearfulness of death. They sit in the fearfulness of death. They are, they are fearful. They are fearful because they do not know. They're uncertain of the time of their death. Or they ignore it. They're fearful of the reality of their death. They're fearful of the certainty of their coming death. There is a shadow of death cast across the entire globe. There is a shadow of death. And the only way to be delivered from the shadow of death is to come to the light and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and experience endless life. Sinful darkness leads to fearfulness of death. And people will do, why I'm going to be religious. And if I'm religious, then when I, what do they say? Die, then God will give me a shot, will he? Will God give you a shot because you're religious? Well, I'm going to be a moral man or woman. I'm going to treat people fairly and God will give me an opportunity. Will God give you an opportunity based on your morality? based on your good deeds. You see, they're saying this because I want to be good. I want to be religious because they know, they know one day I'm going to die. You see, it's been put in the heart of every man. The book of Ecclesiastes talks about eternity in the heart of a man or woman. It is a consciousness that I'm not always going to be alive. I'm going to die. 
And for some of us, we've been confronted by that with medical reports and medical terms. As if we have to be told we're going to die. Everyone here, as I've repeatedly said to you, do you have a hundred percent assurance that if you die today, you'll go to heaven? You see, you will die, but will you go to heaven? Will you follow the Lord Jesus Christ? Will you see those who are sitting in the sinfulness of darkness and in the fearfulness of death have seen a great light? Oh, how did John say it? The darkness is passing away and the light is already shining. 1 John 2, 8. So as we close today, here's what the Lord Jesus said. He said these words standing on the earth. Now we read them again from the Gospel of John. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. He who follows me, he who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Don't you want that in your life? The light of life. He said, I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in the darkness. No more carousing, no more drunkenness, no more sexual perversity and ungodliness, no more sensuality, no more strife, no more jealousy, no more pride, no more self-absorption, no more lust. No more lust, no more pride of life. Now, satisfied by the Lord Jesus because we saw the light. We saw it. Somebody told us about it. Like this woman, young man, you must look to Jesus. And today, when you see that great light, when you hear about it, many of you now are children of the light. And you must let your light shine. That's why the Lord's left us here. To let our light shine so that others may see Jesus. What do we remember today? Well, look to Jesus. He's the light. Come to the Lord Jesus. He's the light. I'm appealing to some of you who hear my voice today. You're, you're still in your darkness. You're still sitting there. Come to Jesus. Come to Him. And then let's all as believers walk in the light as He is in the light. My eyes have seen your salvation. Simeon the Spirit-filled man says... A light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. To the praise of the glory of His grace. To the praise of the glory of His grace. He is the light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of the people of Israel. The Lord Jesus is near the door and we pray come Lord Jesus.